This is the Evolving Media Podcast, a podcast where we dive into all kinds of different areas that have to do with where the world of media is heading now and in the future. If you feel like it, please consider rating the podcast, subscribing to it and sharing it with your social networks. It all helps us to do more episodes in the future so everyone wins. In today's episode, my guest is Michel Reilac. He was the head of film acquisitions at Arte France for 10 years. He headed Holland Submarine Channel up until late last year and is the director of studies at the Venice Biennale College. He also directs virtual reality experiences and films. And that's what we're going to talk about today. So far, the podcast has talked about a lot of different things, from reaching Generation Z to creating podcasts, from the nitty-gritty of getting viable productions off the ground to how esports are impacting the media industry, from narrative reversals to the future of documentary filmmaking. Today, we're diving into virtual reality. Welcome. Michel, so happy to have you on this podcast. Very welcome. Thank you. I'm really glad to be here. Okay, let's talk a bit about the things that you are working a lot with right now. Virtual reality. It's been the thing on the horizon and the thing that everyone's been talking about and the thing that that people are looking at with a little bit afraid, but very much in, intrigued as well. So in your mind, virtual reality, where are we today? What's happening in the sphere of virtual reality? What's what's interesting, you say a lot of people have been talking about it. It's true, but at the same time, uh, the media interest for VR as a novelty has faded because media needs um, novelty all the time. They need something new all the time. Mm, so yeah. they got interested about it uh, maybe for three, four years ago, and then they need to move on to the next novelty, which was, let's say, the Bitcoin and the cryptocurrency and the blockchain, etc. And now they're getting tired of that and they're looking for the next thing, which could be AI, etc. So we need to uh, distinguish, you know, how uh, the media are treating anything new like VR and uh, what's happening really. The media is waiting for the new excitement that will come from VR and that will be when VR becomes a thing with the general public and that has not happened yet. If you look at the industry and by industry I mean not necessarily only the entertainment industry but the industry at large including health, services, training, education, real estate, engineering, all of these fields are testing the use of VR like crazy. And it is happening, but it's happening without the media noticing. And when the use of VR is going to start spreading like that through all kinds of different apps and all kinds of different fields, when it will reach the social networks, by by that I mean when Facebook will be pushing the use of their uh, VR platform for social networking, all of a sudden it's going to explode again. And that will be maybe in three, four, five years. But when it will explode again, it will not be uh, just a media uh, fad. 
it will be a social need for it. And the entertainment industry will be involved in this. So for those of us who are working in the field, we are seeing the exciting news come up every week of not only new technologies, uh, improvement in the way uh, VR can be experienced, but also in the diversity of content, in the quality of the content, and the number of creative people, more and more, who are coming to explore what immersive media is. And when we talk about exploring and coming into immersive media, uh, who should be exploring it? Is it for everyone or and every project? Or I'm thinking from the angle of uh, producers and creators who might be very skilled in their original fields of uh, profession, like documentary filmmaking or drama, or whatever but are intrigued by virtual reality and the possibility it would offer. So who should be looking at at virtual reality as a tool? Yes, the I think anyone uh, can experiment with virtual reality. If you look, if you take the example, for instance, of cinema and love stories, love stories have been uh, the daily feed of, uh, of uh, themes for films forever. Yeah. So it's it, it's as if you said, well, I can't make a love story in cinema again because it's been done before. So in the it's a little bit the same. You can do anything in VR and there's no particular subject that lends itself better to VR than any other just because VR is about the change of paradigm in terms of uh, the position and the experience of the viewer. The fact that VR places the viewer at the heart of the experience changes everything and you can therefore tell the most simple, intimate love story in an immersive media and it will be a completely different experience for the viewer um, from what it would be if it was a flat film because at that point the viewer is a part of the story. Yeah. is in it so so the thing is when we think anyone who is interested in exploring this needs to understand that the excitement of trying out vr is about understanding the experiential nature of the relationship that the viewer has with the story world. So it is it is what's different. You need to ask yourself, if you're going to play with VR, you need to ask yourself, who is the viewer in that experience? What is his or her place? What is their identity? Do they have one? These are questions that are very, very new um, from the script writing stage to the directing stage. It's something we never had to deal with. And we're learning, you know, as we go, um, what that means and how can you script it? How can you plan it and design it? The reason why I would encourage any visual artist, film director, theater director uh, to play with VR and try, um, try it as a new medium is because they will discover this new kind of interactive relationship between the story world and the viewer. 
And that sounds like a very exciting prospect because it ties into so much, so many other things that are crucial to, to know and to embrace today as a storyteller. The notion that your audience is no longer a passive uh, audience, it's an active audience and they are producers in their own right as well. And to work with them to gain um, a stronger engagement and with that a stronger outreach is essential for anyone who would like to have a, a strong following for their stories so absolutely v- vr is uh, sounds to me like it's the pinnacle of all of that because that's where you really involve people in the middle of the story you're trying to tell it's true but i would add to that that not just vr does this i think vr is the most visible uh, expression mm. of a deeper trend of a deeper need in our society today which is the need for experiences we want to feel different things we want to experience reality in different ways this comes from the rise of the game culture but um, in order to experience um, different ways of interacting with the reality we've had games like i said we have vr now but there's also larping live action role play oh yes there is there is immersive theater which is also um, a new uh, trend in theater and performing arts where the boundaries between performers and spectators are completely blurred and changed and where the spectators are invited to um, step into the story world and participate. You have more and more treasure hunts that involve people actively seeking for clues through a city, for instance. So you're seeing more and more, you're seeing, I'm seeing it, for instance, in the club scene. In the club scene around the world, you're seeing that there are more and more spaces that are being offered to the to the dancers, to the clubbers, to the people who attend those parties, to actually put on a show themselves, to mm-hmm, be yeah. to be the ones that are doing the show. So that trend of seeking out experiences is a deep one right now, and VR is one of the most visible expressions of that. Do you feel that the audience is ready for this virtual reality? revolution i'm asking because people i've talked to say that uh, right now there's no really no use uh, producing for vr because it's so niche and there are so few people you can reach with a vr experience at right now it's better to put your effort into producing for something that reaches a larger audience and wait for vr to become a mass media in a sense well the vr as we know it today is only maybe four years old it's been around for decades as a technology but it's only four years ago in march 2014 when uh facebook purchased uh, oculus mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, vr all of a sudden became a thing so it's really really new and you cannot expect a new technology to become a market 
with a business model instantaneously that has never happened even you know for the mobile phone industry to become as ubiquitous as it is today it has taken a decade you know for it to reach that kind of um, impact with uh, with the public so it's very unfair to ask uh, vr to be right away a significant market for people people to make money with it. So it is, it is, uh, it is completely normal that there is an organic sort of pace to the growth of the VR market and that it's, it cannot happen overnight that all of a sudden it stands on its own feet and it can be a profitable market. So um, it will happen and it is happening, but it will still take a little bit like I would say between three and five years for it to have a significant impact. So if you're a consumer professional in any field and you would like to try out virtual reality, you would like to dip your feet in the water, so to speak. Where should you start? Is it by finding other people to collaborate with? Is it by analyzing your own project to see if it fits virtual reality or how, how to get started? I think the best way to get started is by watching as much as possible of the uh, of what other people have done. It's by getting familiar with the form through watching stuff, but it's also how you can analyze you know how it's done so for instance in in venice where i run the the venice college for vr we we have a lab in which the participants we take 12 projects each year that we develop we have a lab where they can go every day and we encourage them to do it as much as possible where they can watch a lot of VR pieces. Uh, they can watch the pieces we have selected in Venice, for instance, and they uh, they do that and they watch dozens of works. That's the best training you can, you can get and the best exposure. So I would start by watching and experiencing as much stuff as possible. And then uh, from that moment, start thinking about what it would do for your story if you have a story you wanted to tell for that you have to start forcing yourself in a way um, to adjust your thinking from a flat screen a flat rectangle to a sphere and you have mm -hmm. to understand how what it would mean to have your spectator at the center of that sphere for the kind of experience you you want to give them and then the third step would be thinking how different would your story be if you were able to include all kinds of interactions between the viewer and the story. How far would you like to go in giving the viewer agency and space and interactivity um, with the story world and with the characters, because that's the one thing that is so beautiful also about VR is that not only is it immersive, but it is more and more interactive. So it's a bit about uh, realizing your limitations as well, or limit the possibilities you give the audience. It's not a limitation, actually. It's an expansion because you... you okay set your viewer into the overall architecture 
of your story design, of your story world, which is something you didn't really have to think of in the past because your viewer was someone completely outside of the story world. You were offering the viewer um, uh, uh, the, the option, the possibility to view whatever vision of the world you have as a director. In VR, you can do that, but within that, you need to sculpt out, carve out a space for your viewer and decide how big that will that space be. By that, I mean how much freedom will the viewer have to yeah. move around the space to look at different things and how many how many options of interactivity will the viewer have will the viewer be able to pick up objects will he or she be able to open envelopes and read what's inside mm. how will they be able to move things around will they be able to open doors and uh, find out about uh, secret corridors that wouldn't have been revealed to him or her uh, un until they open it all those sorts of things are very new it's an exciting time and uh, exciting possibilities and i i really look forward to seeing what's what's going to come out of uh, well from venice as well and and from other places but i'd like to end with one question about the thing that i know that you've been working on for a while as well where i guess that people who work on virtual reality as well would be welcome and that's something you're working on in in kenya uh, could you tell me a little bit more about the the residency project that you that you've been working on there yes i am <clears throat> i'm fortunate in, uh, enough to own with my children uh, two houses on a beautiful island uh, in the Indian Ocean as part of Kenya. The island is called Lamu. And we are um, in the process of uh, transforming these houses uh, to make them accessible to artists to come and work there, <clears throat> to uh, write their script, their book, uh, their play, whatever they want to write. Or it could be photographers, composers. And the idea is that in those uh, houses, people could come and stay for a number of weeks or days, depending on the work they have to do, they would be taken care of, and they would interact with each other. The idea is that this would be reserved for African artists from any country in Africa, mm -hmm. and also non-African artists to mingle and share, as well as uh, use the place as a retreat for um, for their work. So we're we're talking with all kinds of different partners in the US and Europe to who are interested in supporting, promoting uh, creative artists in Africa today. And what's very exciting about it is that Lamu is an incredibly rich uh, culturally speaking island mm -hmm. it's part of the uh, world heritage uh, by the united nations um, the traditions of the swahili people there are still very much alive and it's uh, it's a place where not only the environment is beautiful and peaceful 
but the cultural interactions that you can have with the people locally are incredible. And we're working on having creative writing workshops for the women of the island and a VR making, uh, VR filmmaking workshop for teenagers to document what it means to be a Swahili uh, person today. Um, so yes, yeah, so so this is exciting. And the other, the last thing to say about this, the program is called Made in Lamu, um, is that Africa today is an incredible hub of creativity and talent. Um, so much is happening there uh, that it's it's creatively speaking, very, very exciting to meet African artists working um you know, in the field uh, today. So, um, so I'm very excited about this. We we just finished renovating the houses, and we're now in the process of uh, seeking out the right partners to uh, to make it happen. That sounds absolutely fascinating, and I, I hope I'll be able to come there with the project at some yes. time myself. It's, it looks wonderful, yes. the pictures I've seen from the place. Yes. Michelle, thank you very much for taking the time to participate in this podcast. And and uh, if it's okay, I'll be happy to have you on later on uh, at some point to discuss where virtual reality is heading and what's been happening. Absolutely, with pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Thank you.